You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. Today's going to be a great podcast. This is a unique business. I've had friends, countless friends, who've actually used it. I have William Vanderblumen with me here today. He's the founder and CEO of the Vanderblumen Search Group. It's great to have you on the podcast, William. Thanks, Sean. I'm really glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. Now, you know, it's funny because I've heard your name over the last 15 years indirectly because I'll have friends that are on a, on a search, typically their ministry, you know, I'm a Liberty guy and, you know, it's an executive pastor. It's a, you know, it's a pastor. And I mean, they're, they're the, the biggest ones that they, that they've all used in the past, but obviously you guys will be involved in over 3000 executive searches this year. So I guess that strike zone is pretty wide. Um, you know. We've been very fortunate. I have a good team. Uh, I happened to fall into an idea just right at the right time. And, uh, you know, I've got some good people around me. So thank you. But I don't get the credit there. Yeah. But I mean, you guys, you guys got this thing down because I, I've been heavily involved in their searches before, like from beginning to end. Like, okay. The whole, I mean, I've been through the entire process from, the filling out of the endless paperwork to the interviews, to the, you know, I mean, you guys really narrow it down so that you're placing, I mean, th th this is nothing like anything our audience is, is imagining. Like when you, I'll give it the way I understand it. If an athletic director was interviewing for a head coach at Michigan or one of these schools, nearly every position is that my friends have interviewed for the process was almost as what you would think for a position like that, the depth of it. Well, thank you. It's uh, we had to quit waterboarding some years back, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, We've gone, you guys go deep. We try and we're learning as we go. So, yeah. but thank you. You're very well, kind. Tell, tell me this. We're going to get into your book, which I'm excited about, which is, you know, be the unicorn, but I love to hear where the idea, you know, cause it's an incredible yeah. idea. Yeah, so it's two things, Sean. It was a, a question I always wondered the answer to, and then a pandemic. And so the question I've always wondered the answer to is, I, I bet you've had this happen, some of your listeners. It, it doesn't happen very often. But have you met somebody before, maybe it's a social setting or at a church or at work or, or in an interview, and like within five minutes, you're like, this one is special. This is different. Um. That had, when I was younger, I used to just try and hire him as soon as I met somebody like that. Not a good idea. Uh, you need to do some tissue matching before you go hiring people. But uh, I guess I've always wondered, like, I'm not the dumbest guy in the room. I'm not the smartest, but I'm certainly not the most gullible. And I don't know how within five minutes somebody has just grabbed my attention and now I want to be in their fan club. And like, what are they doing? What causes that? Could you bottle that? Could you figure that out? Uh, so that's a question that's rolled around in my head. And it's happened interviewing people over, over the years. There's a handful of times when we interview people in a search, you go, this one's a winner. Maybe maybe they're right for this job. Maybe they're not. But, but I better write their number down. I better write their number right. down. I have done that where I take their card. And it's funny. I'll say it to my secretary, Sever, this is going to come back. This I want that. Uh, put that in no, my No, no, when. Don't I, know how. Exactly. I, I don't know how. I don't know when. I know this guy is gifted. I know he's yeah. special. I don't know where I put him right now, but I know he's going to. And I'll reach out five years later to somebody and go, listen, this is going to blow you away. But you came and did such and such. <laughs> and right. we met 
And, and I've always had you as somebody I needed to take to lunch if I had a business yeah. idea that might fit. Boom. Yeah, yeah. We've got hundreds of thousands of candidates in our database that we've built over the years that we've done interviews with and all. Uh, and we use Salesforce and there are all these columns, you know, where they do this denomination that there's one column at the very end. that's like unicorn. Don't know where they fit, but they got a special little checkbox. So I've always wondered, like, what are they doing? Fast forward to the pandemic. I, I learned a lesson, Sean, uh, that I didn't learn in business school because I have a philosophy degree and a seminary degree, right? We know what um, that works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My son, he's so frustrated with philosophy. And, and he actually had the same professor I had 30 years ago at Wake Forest. Why are they asking all these questions? Why are they talking? And I'm just like, you know, philosophy people ask questions their whole life. You know what people with a philosophy degree ask their whole career? Do you know? I, I don't because I know I, I'm waiting for you to answer because I took a philosophy class and 10 minutes into it, I was, and he asked me, did I exist? Right. So I'm like I'm sitting here, person, dang it, I think so. A person with a philosophy degree spends their entire career asking, would you like fries with that? That's oh. what they end up asking. Yeah, they're the job because there is no jobs. There is no job. So I didn't have any training, but during the pandemic, I learned a lesson that if every one of your clients closes indefinitely, it will change your balance sheet and your calendar. <laughs> so, so we had to adjust our balance sheet to get through the pandemic. And then we decided, well, we've got a lot of free time. Nobody's hiring right now. So we'll serve churches. And then we still had time left over. And it led me to ask the question, uh, what is this thing that happens in five minutes where I like somebody all of a sudden? And, and, at the same time, we realize when we do these searches and like a Michigan athletic director or whatever, you know, you, you start with a whole lot of people and you narrow it down. And when you get to the very, very best in our process, you get a long format face-to-face -face interview. That's just the best of the best, the last eight to 10 candidates in a search. We realized during the pandemic, we've now done 30,000 of those long format interviews. And we've got all the notes and where we know where all the people went. So we said, that's the best of the best. Can we figure out the best of those? And we did. Who got the job? Who kept it? Who got promoted? Who added value? And, and then we said, do these people have anything in common? And it led me back to the question of what happens in that five minutes. And, and the answer, do they have anything in common, was yes. And it was, on the one hand, stunningly consistent. And on the other hand, not anything like I thought it'd be. Uh, the, the list of things they had in common was not IQ. It wasn't academic pedigree. It wasn't, it wasn't even as simple as it was all the quarterbacks and head cheerleaders. It wasn't any of that. Uh, it boiled down to 12 habits that these unicorns all exhibited, and they were all basically, how do you treat other humans? How do you behave in the workplace or in dating or in parenting? in a way that intentionally treats humans really, really well. And uh, I thought we were doing this selfish study to try and figure out, if we, if we can figure this out, then we'll learn how to spot unicorns quicker. Oh yeah, it's gonna but make the hiring process faster. And, and That's right, Yeah, that's right. Because we get paid to spot unicorns. Well, what I didn't realize was we actually uncovered a guide to training unicorns, to building them. 
because every one of the habits is absolutely learnable, coachable, teachable. So that, you know, if you're, if you're an individual and you want to stand out of the crowd, do these 12 habits, you, know, you got to actually do them and apply them. But if you do these habits, practice them, build them into your life, you will stand out of the crowd. If you're leading a team, and you want your whole team to stand out, like, for instance, a church, although this is written for business or education, right? what if you what if you had an entire staff at your church that anytime somebody met them, they'd say, wow, what a winner. What if you built a team of those unicorns and visitors who came across your radar were saying, that place is amazing. I don't even know what they did, but within five minutes, I love them. I want to go back. So we thought we were building something selfish. What we ended up with was a roadmap that we felt like we needed to share with people to try and help them get better as individuals and help teams get better. Funny. I just did a super high level hire last week. And, and I was just today, I said to the person who's training them, you know, I want to be involved in the training process because it's really high level. And then I'm interviewing you, you know, today and you're dropping that. I'm like, I've interviewed an awful lot of New York times, bestselling authors. I mean, the list is really, really, long and this is the first one where i'm like looking at my phone trying to figure out how fast i could get the book so, <laughs> so i agree literally i have my phone right over here and i'm like okay i, I i'm like i'm like you know now that now that i've admitted what i'm doing you know i'm like okay but has this has this gone out yet well you know what the funny thing is if i if i showed if you had showed me the table of contents to the book uh just blind and I read that in, you can figure it out. There's a chapter for each of the 12 habits, right? Yeah, of course. Um, you'd look at those 12 and you'd say, duh, that sounds like what my mom told me growing up. And maybe what I uncovered is my mom was actually right, which is kind of frightening, but uh, maybe that's it. But, but the difference is this is not my ruminations on what makes people special. This is data driven. It, well, the I love the 30,000 interviews. Up. I'm writing this down. I mean, this is 30,000 interviews. Yeah, of just the best of the best. So there's, there's actually hard data behind what percent of our unicorns identified this is their top habit. What, what does it look like in the general population? Because the thing about these habits is they're incredibly common among top performers, incredibly uncommon among everybody else, the other 99%. And it doesn't have to be that way. There is a roadmap toward growing into something. Sean, the workplace is more crowded than ever. You got five generations sharing the workforce. That's the first time ever in U.S. history. And, and I'd say, you know, there's an, another, a sixth generation. We were sitting around dinner last night trying to decide. Our daughter was telling us she's Gen Z. I'm like, no, you're A, you're the next one. No, I'm Gen Z, millennial. Da, da, da. So there's X, uh, millennial, because they didn't want to be Y. There's Z. Um, but this sixth generation that's out there, it's named AI. Oh, yeah. And, that's and it's going to take one. a lot of jobs. It's going to create a lot of jobs, but it's going to take a lot of jobs. These 12 habits cannot be replicated by AI. It's human to human contact. And I think it's going to be kind of the new gold standard for human employees. I'm blown away. I'm excited. Like, I, I, I interview people all the time. And at the end, I'll be like, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. And this is what I'm trying to work my way over to my, my phone. Because again, I'm getting ready to train someone. And, and not only that, you know, I'm always I'm always bringing on partners and stuff like that. And, and, and privately, I feel like I've got pretty good formula. You know what yep. I'm saying? But it's like four or five things. 
that I that I really kind of kind of look at. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm so curious to kind of yeah. tease us with a few that people would not think are on the list. Uh, well, the very first chapter is called the fast, which is a little bit of a mistitle. It doesn't mean like speed on the ground. I am not fast. I'm Dutch. We are we're built for wind resistance. We're not built for sprinting, right? And uh, it doesn't. It, it's a bit of a clickbait title. What I really probably if I really, really, really uh, accurate, I would call it responsive. Because the reality is, we as humans are horrible at getting back to people. Just terrible. And the best of the best are almost maniacally driven about getting back to people. And it makes a lasting impression. Frankly, it's how we built our business, and I didn't even know it. I just intuitively, because I needed to feed six kids and pay for a house, I got back to people really fast when <laughs> you called in the early days. That's so, but, but the, so true, though. But, but the more I did that, people would be like, you actually called me back right away. And it wasn't some auto response. It wasn't some chat bot. It was like, you asked me, how we're, are we going to get rid of Jordan Love here in Green Bay? Because that's a topic, man. Like, you got back to me, and it was intentional and fast. I would not have put that on top of the list going into this study. But it shows up over and over. Like, Sean, we talked to the people at eHarmony, which if you are millennial or Gen Z, uh, you don't know what that is. It's like the OG of Tinder. It's like, yeah. it's like the founding a, father. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's a dating website. Find your mate website. So it's a website full of lonely people that want to meet others. And then they get an email saying, we might have found a match. And their average response time is days long. We're terrible at getting back to people, and this is an easy one. But but a lot of the book is like, I'm giving you a free treadmill. It will make you a runner if you will get on it and use it. I can't make you get on it. I, I've had exercise equipment that's been a fabulous laundry rack before. So it, the, it, that's between you and yourself and, and however you get I, things done. But That's so true, though. I mean, but the, the idea of response, because, you know, as you get older, you, I, I have like little – phrases because it forces me to back up what I'm saying. And and I just started a, another company with some really high level partners. And the first thing I said to one of them, he gave me something to do. And I, and I say, and I said to him, I said, just so you know, so you know, this going forward, I will do anything you ask me to do faster than you ask me and better than mm. you ask me. Now I That's can't good. necessarily tell you that it's going to be true, but I have set that as the standard in every interaction in business with every customer, every client for 20 years. I will, I will respond faster. I will get back with you faster. I will, whatever you're asking me to do, I will do it faster than you're asking me to do it. And I will do it better than you're expecting. It, it sets the standard so ridiculously high for myself, but why not? Well, with seven kids, man, I'll tell you, They've all asked me career advice. They go different directions, different paths. And I've just said to every one of them, I, here's your secret for success. Well, I hadn't told you what job I'm going to have. No, 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 no. You do this, you will be in the top 5% of whatever job. If you do what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it, at the cost you promise to do it, you'll be in the top 5%. I don't care if you're a dog catcher. It, it doesn't matter. So it's, it's those kind of lessons, but backed by data, responsiveness, self-awareness is another one that 
I Give wasn't me a aware quick of definition of self-awareness for our audience. Just kind of a yeah. Does your view of yourself match what others view when they view you? So like I'm an old school preacher. I remember the first time I heard a recording of my preaching and I was like, that's not my voice. No way. I mean, everybody's had this happen, right? Uh, or if you if you get your golf or tennis swing analyzed on video, I don't, don't look get a like golf that swing ever analyzed. No, I don't swing like that. It's it is. Or do you have a sober minded view of what you're good at and what you're not? What's going to cause people to get excited when they're around you and what's going to cause people some bad excitement when you're around you? That kind of thing It's the least common habit of the 12 and the biggest blind spot. So we interviewed the unicorns, you know, where's this most common? Then we interviewed a quarter million people about these 12 habits and is a long survey that they took. But one of the things was with each of the 12, they had to rank one to five. Am I uh, middle of the road? Am I a little better than average? Am I way above average or a little below, way below? When we asked, are you, how do you rank yourself for self-awareness? 93% of everyone said that they are above average in self-awareness. So they understood their strengths, weaknesses, and such and such. 93% though, Sean, think about that. I'm not a mathematician, but I'm pretty dang sure any group of people, 93% are not above average. 50% are above average. Yeah. So we don't even have an idea about how unaware we are. And, and the book gives um, a pretty quick look at like some experts and what they've done, some lessons from other uh, unicorns and how they practice things, and then some steps, like here's what you can do to improve your self-awareness. So it's not a book that takes a long time to read unless you do like, I'm going to work on this habit for a week or a month. And uh, it's supposed to be very accessible, very usable. And sometimes simplicity is on the far side of complexity. And I think that's what we've fallen into here we've got a lot of data that backs up some conclusions that are fairly simple and elegant i i love it i'm audience listen this is a book you have to get if you're if you're trying to hire high level people if you're trying to you ever want to sit down and take an evaluation of how good your staff is do that one time yeah the one the current team you per, you're currently putting on the field every day it'll make your stomach uneasy i have william vanderblumen <laughs> with me here today he is the author of be the unicorn the 12 data-driven habits that separate the best leaders from the rest um obviously tell us where they can connect with you william and, and the yeah book. yeah well you can connect with me pretty easy my last name's so messed up you can just type vanderblumen however you want into google and we'll pop up and if you're listening our website Part of our strategy, I, I really believe if you spend your life helping people, you'll never run out of business. And uh, so there are like 4,000 completely free resources on that website for how to build and run and keep a great team. So just put Vanderbloom into Google however you want. Uh, you can also do the same thing at Amazon or, or anywhere that sells books. Just try typing that. It'll come up. If you want a one-stop website with like we've built a software assessment tool around these 12 habits that's really cool for teams. All of that can be found at theunicornbook.com. All right, we're going to have all that in the show notes. William, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Sean, thanks for having me, man. I've run over your 10 minutes. Punctuality is not one of the 12 habits, so maybe I'm okay.
Dude, it's good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Uh, audience, thank you so much for listening. You got to get this book because don't tell me you, you're not fascinated to find out what those 12 are. I'm immediately thinking like, you know, why don't they have a college course for something like that? To me, like in my brain, I'm like, this is a small group. Yeah. Needs to be yeah. doing things like this. This is the stuff that moves the needle forward. I I, I don't know. I, I love it. Audience, I'm humbled that you continue to listen to podcasts and it continues to do so extraordinarily well, always in the top five of business podcasts, number one, number two of entrepreneurship podcasts. It's brought to you by Gig Strategic, the best digital marketing company. They're incredible. Reach out to them. I use them. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. We will talk again soon.